turn with me to Ruth chapter 4 and verse 13. Ruth chapter 4, verse 13. I was reading a book uh, this past week and uh, I came across this story of a Marine sergeant named Clinton Waters. And he was fighting with the 3rd Raider Battalion in the South Pacific um, before the invasion of uh, Bougainville. And he was the section leader and was in charge of leading 12 men. And their orders were to come ashore and to take a strategic area of the land to build an airstrip. And this was the first time he was ever in combat. And he said, we were very unprepared. As the battalion landed, the enemy unleashed a torrent of artillery, blasts, and bullets. Men were mowed down in cold blood. Shell after shell landed and exploded. Waters hit the beach with his 12 men behind him and then found to his horror that he suddenly couldn't move. A wave of fear swept over him and his body froze, rendering him completely immobile. Soldiers in that situation know that they need to keep moving. Their lives and the lives of the men that they lead depend on it. But Waters ended up stopping his advance right in the middle of the invasion. He records the story in his own words. In the middle of that battle, I did the only thing I could think of. I dropped to my knees and asked God for help. There was nobody around me, but I'd swear somebody touched me. There was an actual physical presence, just like someone put his hand on my shoulder. He told me to get up stand up, go forward, and that he was going to take care of me. Well, that was all I needed. I stood up and led my men in. We went into uh, Bougainville and cleaned up there and went on with the battle. That incident I had with God at Bougainville changed my life. I committed myself to serving God for the rest of my days, and I never felt fear in battle ever again. I share that with you to, because it just struck me that this man was completely immobilized, completely helpless, and he called out upon God. Have you ever been there in your life? Just felt like, what do I do next? Where do I go? Uh, how, how do I deal with this situation? Uh, but he did the thing that each and every one of us needs to do when we're in that position. He called upon the Lord. And, uh, and God met him where he was and gave him the strength. To press on. I remember one time uh, in a time of struggle, uh, I came across this song called In Jesus' Name We Press On. And what a great, great song that was. And, and it spoke of pressing on, continuing on in Jesus' name and in His power in difficulty. Uh, all things are possible with God. Do you believe that? Uh, the Bible says that. What we need in this life is God's supernatural enabling. Ruth and Naomi uh, didn't have a whole lot of prospects. Naomi's husband died, Elimelech, uh, Milan and Killian had died, and uh, Ruth's husband was uh, Milan, and uh, Ruth was barren. She had no children. There was no way for the family to progress, and, and they had no prospects living in the land of Moab, so they decided to go back to Naomi's homeland, and Naomi encouraged Ruth to stay in her homeland of Moab, 
Uh, but Ruth said, where you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. And she set off with Naomi, and they put their trust in the Lord. That's the only thing they could do. They had no resources. They had no way of providing for themselves. And yet, as they put their hope in God, as the Scripture says in the book of Ruth, uh, a number of times, as they put their hope in God and trusted Him, God came to their aid. And uh, Ruth happens to be in the field of a man named Boaz, and, and you know the rest of the story. It ends up that Boaz becomes what they call in the Old Testament a kinsman redeemer. And he marries Ruth, and the family is saved. There's a, a, a child born uh, that would carry on the line uh, of Elimelech, and, uh, and also, great security and provision is, is, is provided for Naomi and for Ruth in the situation. And that's the kind of God we serve. He can take a hopeless situation and turn it completely around. And uh, that's what he did. And so, when you look at these, these verses here in, in the book of Ruth, it's, it's, um, it's a, a section of praise and thanksgiving to God for what he's done. Uh, but it also shows us that it pays to look to Jesus when you face trouble. And that's the title of a message, Looking to Our Source. Uh, and and uh, look with me at verse 13 of Ruth chapter 4. Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When he was intimate with her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Praise the Lord who has not left you without a family redeemer today. May his name become well known in Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Indeed, your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you than seven sons has given birth to him. So they're, they're, uh, the whole community is impacted by what's happened. They have seen God's faithfulness in action. So looking to our source, why should we look to our source? Uh, there's several reasons. The first one is God multiplies us. God multiplies us. Uh, first there were two, right? Ruth and Boaz and there were three. <laughs> uh, they gave birth to a son and named him Obed. Um, I, I want you to know that God is able to come into your impossible situations and to bring your, his blessing to you. You need to look to God in those times when you feel there are no options. I'm sure Ruth, uh, we're not really told uh, how long a period of time she had gone through, but uh, years of barrenness, she had struggled. She never, never was able to have children, and um, her husband dies. Can you imagine the hopelessness? I'm sure she had dreams of, of having a child, and, and, she, and now she thinks, well, this will never happen to me, and, uh, and yet God shows grace to her. I want you to know there is a history in the scripture of God taking impossible situations and reversing them. You remember Abraham and Sarah, very similar situation? Sarah was barren, and she's 100 years old. And both of them laugh when the angel tells them that Sarah's going to have a child this time next year. And Abraham laughs and May Ishmael live before you. You know, this is crazy, he's thinking. And, and then Sarah laughs, and she denies it. And, um, and, and he says, is anything too hard for the Lord? About a year later, they were filled with laughter again as they gave birth to their son. And they actually named him Isaac, which means laughter. Isn't it great when God intervenes in a situation 
and totally turns it around and totally brings about a change. Uh, when you are at the end of yourself, that's when God loves to act. Paul said, we despaired even of life so that we might know that there is a God who raises the dead. And that, that's the God we serve. He comes into impossible situations. I love the discussion between Martha and Jesus. And, and Jesus says, your, your brother will rise again. And she says, well, I, I know he'll rise in the resurrection. Jesus says, you're missing the point. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he goes to Lazarus' tomb and proves that that's so. And he says to Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes out of the tomb bound up. He says, loose him and let him go. That's the God we serve. I don't know what you're facing, the, the challenges that you're facing in your life right now, but I want you to know that there is a God who is able. He can come into your situation. He can multiply you when you're barren. He can, he can come into an impossible situation and turn it around. When you're at the end of yourself, look to him and thank him and praise him for the good things that he will do. Uh, why should you look to Jesus, look to our source, to our great God? First of all, he multiplies us. Secondly, he redeems us. Uh, they say The women say in verse 14, Praise to the Lord who has not left you without a family redeemer. Now, this word for family redeemer, it's the word goel, and it's, uh, it's a Hebrew word that emphasizes the fact that Boaz was a close relative. And because he was a close relative, he could uh, marry into this family and, and provide, according to Hebrew law, a descendant for Elimelech who had died without one. And so um, Jesus is our close relative. The Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God, God the Son, became a man and became our close relative. Boaz is an illustration of what only Jesus could do. Come into the situation of human beings who are cursed by sin, who have a bent to, to sin, who have rebelled against God, and to come into that situation to become one of them so that then he could provide what was necessary to bring them out. That's what Jesus did for us. Uh, Jesus uh, became one of us so that he could experience the things that we experience in life. The Bible says he was tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. Jesus went through all kinds of difficulty in his life and the greatest difficulty was what he experienced on the cross. Uh, but through it all, Jesus experienced the human condition and the human experience. And he is uniquely equipped to help us. That's what Hebrews says. Because he's experienced it, he is able to help those who are tempted or tested in the circumstances of life. So he redeems us. And, and that redemption doesn't just... just um, end with salvation when a person puts their trust in Jesus and receives his forgiveness. That's the, the beginning of redemption, but redemption continues on throughout your life. 
I love what Job says. I know my Redeemer lives. I don't serve a dead Redeemer. I serve a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. He is alive. And because He's alive, He lives to make intercession for me. Because He is alive, He supplies His strength and power for for the things of life. Uh, Because He's alive, He opens the way into the presence of God as, as my forerunner. Uh, so that I can enter God's presence with boldness and bring my request. When I'm at the end of myself, I can go to him in prayer and he can supply what I need. He is our redeemer. Um, so we need to look to God and especially look to Christ uh, as our redeemer because he is able to bring us out when we're in difficult circumstances. Um, have you ever gotten stuck? Um, I remember uh, getting my, my arm stuck in a banister. Uh, one of my friends dared me to put my arm in there to see if I could get it out again. Isn't that kind of a, a panic feeling that you have when you stick, you know, and then you can't get it out and you're stuck? <laughs> and uh, um, I eventually got it out and kind of contorted. It was a little bit painful, but I, I made it happen. But, um, but sometimes in life, when we get in those stuck situations, we can't get ourselves out. And only Christ can come alongside us and bring us out. Maybe you're, you're uh, struggling with a sin issue in your life. Can I tell you, Christ can bring you out. He may use some Christian believers to pray for you, but he can bring you out. Um, maybe you're, you're in a difficulty uh, with your finances. You remember Peter's discussion with Jesus? He said, he said Lord, how are we going to pay the tax, or should we pay the tax? And Jesus said, yeah, where are we going to get it? He says, go fishing, Peter. When you pull a fish out of the, the sea, there'll be a coin in its mouth. Isn't that cool? Don't you wish you could go fishing and get your tax check and uh, be able to send it to the government? That'd be great. Uh, but he supplied what they needed. Jesus is able to come alongside us and supply what we need. Come to him. What did Jesus say? Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Jesus is our source. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Ruth and Naomi waited on God. And boy, did he come through for them. And and now they have come through their trial. They've come through their situation. And God has greatly blessed them. Um, So... Why should we look to our source? First of all, God multiplies us. Secondly, he redeems us. Thirdly, he renews us. Look at verse 15. Women are saying to to Naomi, He will renew your life. He will renew your life. Now, he's kind of shifted from Boaz as a kinsman redeemer to the child as a kinsman redeemer now. He's, he's, uh, he's showing the fact that um, they will be renewed and sustained, we'll get to that in a minute, but by this kinsman redeemer. What would happen? Well, Naomi's already elderly, but as she gets older, this little boy is going to grow up. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to care for her. But not only that, he, he's going to renew her spirits. You remember when she came back to Bethlehem 
Uh, she says, I, you know, I went away full, I've come back empty. Ruth's like, hey, have you forgotten me? <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I came back empty. In my life, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara because my life is bitter. But God has come in, when Naomi is at the end of herself, he has come in and he has supplied exactly what she needs in the form of a little baby. I can remember one time Sherry's uh, dad was in the hospital. He'd had something uh, come up. I forget what it is, what it was now, but he was in the hospital and had some kind of procedure and, and was discouraged. And, and uh, uh, as only grandfathers could do, he saw the kids. You know, he saw us, but his, his gaze diverted to the kids. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and he, he held, I believe it was David, he held David in his arms. And, uh, and this big smile came across his face. And uh, uh, Jim Beth was telling us that uh, he had been down, but that his spirits were lifted by having his grandchild in his arms. Isn't that, isn't that a great picture of what God does for us when he renews our spirit? Here's Naomi. She's, she's, her life is bitter. Her life is empty. And God comes in the middle of it. And he gives her a baby boy. And uh, what, a, what a joy that must have been for her. Um, God renews us. Isn't it a wonderful thing that God knows what to do to renew us when we're at the end of ourselves? Um, there have been a number of times I prayed. I said, God, I'm not really sure what I need. But will you supply me with what I need? And God has been faithful to do that. He's come alongside. He's, what did David say? He restores my soul. You know, God is, is a master of doing that. A, a time of prayer, casting your cares on the Lord, coming to him with thanksgiving, and God restores you. And, and once again, there's peace. Um, the greatest restoration came when, when a, an especially significant baby boy was born who was a descendant of Ruth and Boaz and a descendant of Obed. And his name is Jesus Christ. Incidentally, also born to, to a woman who it was impossible for her to have a child because she had never known a man. And doesn't that sound familiar? God gave the greatest gift he has ever given human beings by sending Jesus Christ to renew this world. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus came to renew us. Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. There is a renewal in the presence of God. Look to him when you're at the end of yourself. He is faithful to renew your spirit. Um, so why should we look to God? Look to our source. He multiplies us. He redeems us. He renews us. And finally, he sustains us. Verse 15, he will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. When Naomi's relatives were gone, perhaps Boaz was gone. Perhaps Ruth was gone. We never know. You know, sometimes you outlive your kids, don't you? 
um, there would be someone to take care of her. There's, there's a, actually, Obed would take care of her. There's a song uh, that speaks about when I'm, when I'm growing older, stand by me. When I'm growing older, stand, stand by me. When my life becomes a burden uh, and, uh, and, I, and, and I'm, I can hardly see, uh, Lord Jesus, lily of the valley, stand by me. Did you know that's exactly what God does? I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Jesus will stand by you. And if there's no one else, he'll be there. He will sustain us. But not only that, he will supply others to sustain us. You remember when Elijah sent, uh, when God sent Elijah to the widow of Zarephath? And uh, isn't it funny, they both needed God. They were both about the end of themselves because she was fixing the final meal for her son and for her. Uh, and they were going to eat the meal and then they were going to die. They had nothing left and there was famine, no hope. Um, Elijah says, give me something to eat. And she tells him that story. This is our last meal. He says, you, you believe God, you trust God, give me something to eat first. That takes some faith, wouldn't it? Uh, and so she agrees to do that. And, and, she, and Elijah tells her, this is what God says. The oil will not stop until the famine is over. And uh, until all, your, in, all, all, the, uh, excuse me, until all the jars were filled that she could find. And so she goes and she gets all these jars and fills them up. And guess what? She's able to sell them. She has food for her and her son, but she also has food for who? For Elijah. God sent her to sustain Elijah. And uh, isn't it amazing how God takes care of his people? Uh, I'm so glad that that God is with us. He, He sent Elijah before that. He sent him to the brook. Remember that? He's drinking water from the brook, hiding from Jezebel. And God sends the ravens to bring him food. Uh, I I want you to know God is able to supply our needs. He's able to sustain us in old age. Listen, I don't know whether there'll be any money around uh, when I get to retirement age in the government. Uh, but, But can I tell you something? The government is not who I'm trusting in. I'm trusting in my Savior to sustain me. He's the one who provides what we need. Um, he is the father of the fatherless, the husband of the widow. Uh, he sustains us. He's our source. So look to him when you're at the end of yourself. Uh, why? Because God multiplies us, redeems us, renews us, and sustains us as we look to him. In the book of Philippians, uh, Paul is describing the generosity of the Philippians. And he says, I want you to know something. As you have given sacrificially to the things of God, my God shall supply all your need. All of it. He is our source. Trust him. Look to him. Call upon him when you're in trouble. I love that Jeremiah says, call unto me. And I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We serve an awesome God. Trust him. Call upon him. Rely upon him. He is faithful.
Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and, and for how you minister to us through your word. Thank you that you are our source. Thank you, Lord, for multiplying us.